abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself. And for years, I fell short of my goals and aspirations. Until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief, and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for. Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. How excited am I about this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast, where we are going to learn how to say goodbye to self-sabotage with Carrie Rosno. I was just speaking to Carrie before we dialed in here, and I can hardly wait to introduce you to her. Carrie is a quantum healer. She works with people who have experienced trauma, and she helps individuals navigate beyond drama, trauma, self-sabotage by creating a curiosity that bridges the subconscious mind to the conscious providing an opportunity to redefine your reality. We had a conversation just before we began. I was like, no, Carrie, Carrie, I have to press record because I cannot wait until you listeners learn how you're going to say goodbye to self-sabotage by learning how to do something that I know very few people know how to do. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. Oh my gosh, Jill. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. Okay. Where to dive in? Just before we started, Carrie knows about so much. And so we were just trying to decide where were we going to dive in for this particular podcast. But we thought we would talk about self-sabotage because you know that thing when something bad happens and then and then you are like, oh, that's okay. It's going to be for the best. But then something similar bad happens and then something similar. And then when does the best come? And that is Carrie's specialty. Carrie, you want to speak to that yes. a little bit? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. You know, situations that we navigate, experience that we have, they never repeat. It's a rhyme. And so anytime that we are going through an experience that feels sticky, that feels emotionally triggering, draining in some way, then we navigate through it and we think, oh, okay, I got to the other side of it. This is this is done for me, right? This is happening for me. There's something amazing that's going to come out of this until maybe a month later and you have a similar experience, doesn't look exactly the same, and it's similar. Well, the problem that we get into is we mindset and talk ourselves past the first and then past the second without diving into it to truly understand the experience and what it is trying to teach us. We all have these patterns that we have created subconsciously in our minds. We don't know what they are necessarily, right? It's not written on a page in front of us that we can checklist and go, okay, nope, not doing that anymore. And so until we have the ability to navigate in with curiosity, to find that thread, that pattern that's been created, to pull it, to understand the lesson, we're going to keep having the same experience. But once we understand and we pull it, I don't have to deal with it anymore. Listeners. This is so important. When I am working with my mastermind clients, this is something that, you know, something quite bad happened to me. So Carrie, you, you don't know this story. I'll tell you a fun story. Fun, not fun. It's not going to sound fun, but it is fun. So I think that people really do need to take more time to look at these bad experiences because I think it's just this default. We've all been trained to say, 
that will be at one point, that'll be the best thing, you know, like, and life is happening perfectly for us, right? Yes. And it doesn't need to keep happening. So repeated, repeated things are something to really look at. And last summer, I had an instance where my dog was attacked and I was very upset. It was like a muscle dog jumped on my dog and was like trying to get, and she had slipped away. His owners were nowhere. I kept pulling him off, but he slipped through my fingers because he had like no hair and he kept jumping on her. And afterwards I was in a ball crying for days. And a couple of people said to me, you know, with the best of intentions, oh, don't worry. It'll become the best thing that ever happened to you. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But and someone said, you know, oh, well, because in the future, you'll never let her walk off a leash or in what, and I was like, that's so thinking on the wrong level. <laughs> it's not that, you know? And, and so I ended up finding a very painful story from my childhood where I witnessed a horrific um, beating of someone else, but I was an infant and I couldn't do anything about it. And so what had to go for me was this ability that like, I can't take care of it. And so I had laid down this story, like I'm helpless to help. And, you know, listeners, you know, I'm in the helping business, you know, whether it's my podcast where I just share my ideas or it's my business where I'm helping people grow their businesses. And that was traumatic. And I had to let, it was much bigger. And so I like to say it's a contact sport. Like, I like to say, yes, you can make it the best thing that ever happened, but it's not just some light, you know, like, oh, use a leash all the time. It's like, no, it's, it's something deeper. Yes. Yes. Well, you have the ability to learn from the experience, of course, right? I'm going to leave my house a different way, right? I'm going to not walk past where that dog is anymore, of course, right? So we have those little habit changes, those decisions consciously that we can make that are going to take us in a different direction, except when something else pulls forward, because that subconscious mind is constantly creating the reality that we are experiencing in every situation. So if you hadn't gone back and navigated through that early story to understand the trauma and to understand the limiting belief that was sitting at play, right? At that time that it was created, it was beneficial. It was helpful. There was some reason that it created that belief in order to protect you. It's all the subconscious mind is doing, right? We give it this bad rap, like it's this horrible thing, all these negative beliefs. Heck no. It was there for a reason and a purpose. You were a baby. This is the only way you knew how to protect yourself, right? But fast forward into adulthood, it's going to keep replaying that same kind of feeling, that same limitation until you address it, until you take the moment to get curious about it, enter into the mind maze, as I say, navigate back to the source, find the experience and heal it then you don't have to have that happening in your life anymore. It's fascinating. Oh my gosh. I First of all, I love listeners. I love the way Carrie is coming into the world and into this conversation because one of my personal things, if you've read my book, It's Go Time, you know that I encourage us to create loving partnerships with our subconscious. I don't like the terms like monkey mind or lizard brain. Why do we need to talk like that? Because we're really just talking through our subconscious to our childhood self. But something that Carrie said a moment before we came on was, and Carrie, correct me, but it was something like past the silver lining. Yes. To the gold. Yes. That, yes. Let's, because that's, I think what you were talking about, the silver lining. Yes. I don't need to leave my dog that way. Yes. I can, you know, or whatever. And by the way, the people that happened with, there was a whole set of circumstances prior with that dog who was a rescue dog. They ended up buying my dog. Like we separated them. We ended up buying my dog stuffy toys. And just to be clear, and when Carrie, we're going to go a little further and Carrie's going to talk about how she does this with you, but when we talk about saying goodbye to self-sabotage, um, that particular instance with me, for example, I didn't discover that past story by myself. That was really buried and hidden. And I did yes. work with someone to find that. So I just, I want to be clear. I'm not some like brilliant, you know, whatever. Well, it's not that I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not brilliant. But I'm going to say I didn't do that by myself. I did work with someone who was able to help bring me into my past. I know Carrie's going to share some of that. But first, can you talk about that beyond the silver lining to the gold? Yes. So the 
experience that I've used to explain this has was my own experience in Boston. And uh, running the Boston Marathon in 2013, I was at the finish line when the bombs went off. And so I had my own experience of um, navigating beyond a story, hiding the story in shame because I was not directly impacted. You might be listening thinking, of course you were directly impacted. You were at the finish line, but our brains will tell us something completely different because we'll hold the shame. I wasn't injured. My family was okay. Somebody had it worse. These are all things that we've probably heard as a child. Get up, brush it off, right? Move forward. Don't let it steal your joy. This is what I did. And so the next day, as I go back down to the end of Boylston Street and I'm looking at the devastation, reporters wanting to ask me questions, taps me on the shoulder. How was your experience? Where were you? Can you share something? A voice inside my head literally said, it's not your story to to tell. And I turned and I walked away. But how often... Does that happen where we negate our own experience out of shame because somebody has it worse? And I cannot tell you some of the stories I've heard from clients that would blow your mind. And I think, are you kidding me? This is not a first world problem. So stop excusing it in that way. Okay. So in that, if you have the experience of like, let's the silver lining, find the silver lining, right? What was the good thing that you could have taken out of that? I could have walked away with, I don't know, 10, 15 different things that I could have walked away from in finding the silver lining, right? I was safe. That's a good thing. My family was safe. That's a good thing. I got to get on a plane and I got to go home and I got to step back into my marketing business, right? All of these are like beneficial silver lining things, right? Find the good in the bad. Well, I equate it to like, you just took a Mylar blanket. If you're a runner, you know what I mean? They come up these silver blankets and they wrap you in it, right? So it's like they took that Mylar blanket and they threw it over the top of the debris and then left it there, right? And so we've got the silver lining, but you've got everything that's sitting underneath. So what happens is people are walking by and you walk, you trip, you fall, it snags, it stumbles you in some way. You get stuck, you can't move beyond it, but it's got a silver lining. Now, if we take that silver lining off and we get curious about it and we start asking questions and the first curious question that I always train people in is any experience you're having, I don't care what it is. The first thing you do in an emotional response is you go, huh, isn't that interesting? I wonder, I wonder why I needed that experience. I wonder why I responded that way. I wonder why um, I I had the emotion that I did. I wonder why I needed that experience, right? But if you immediately take something and go, huh, isn't that interesting? I wonder, try it and tell me it doesn't automatically elevate your perspective and calm your energy. It allows you to be able to see things from a broader perspective. Now, in going in and pulling out the gold, I had to look at this experience from so many different perspectives, from so many different angles. At one point, I was sitting on my couch watching the movie that they had made afterward just to be able to pull out every piece of debris so that at the end, I could build a beautiful monument. And now if you go and you walk down the streets in Boston, they have these amazing, beautiful monuments that have been set in place. That's the gold. That's what we have the ability to do is to take it out, find the gold, learn the lessons and create beauty as opposed to devastation. That's going to keep tripping us up. Yes. This is the question that I ask, actually. I wonder why. And just, okay, just, is it yesterday or the day before yesterday, I was out for a walk. I live on the beach and (laughs) I live in paradise and, you know, by design um, on Vancouver Island in Canada. And I just live in this gorgeous area and, you know, my my friend had her dog off a leash and it just, it bolted. And it doesn't usually bolt. They usually stay, you know, 99% of the time. They're right there. But, you know, her dog, you know, I don't know, bunny rabbit, something happened. So off it went. And it was off. And she was sort of in one direction. I was in another direction walking around this point on the ocean. And I stopped. And I said, I wonder why we needed this experience. And no joke, that dog came running by me. Uh-huh. I went, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then 
then if she's listening to this, I'll tell her. I spoke about she doesn't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I'll tell her. Like, we talked about your dog. And then, and then I sort of guessed as to where it was going. It sort of, yeah. so I, I, I figured it out. So I went and I just stayed in this space of wonder. And then I got the dog and eventually managed to, because now the friend's in, in the other direction completely. So it took us some time to reconnect. But it was so cool. I mean, and in that particular case, and because she's along this track too, we proceeded to have a conversation about that. Yes. And explore and that, you know, explore why that was needed. Yes. Yeah. But do you find it's fascinating and some listeners might be going, okay, that's fine with the dog running away, but I'm dealing with something really terrible. So, you know, I'm sure you've had clients who have had some, you know, I certainly have, who have had some Mm -hmm. really heartbreaking things happen to them. Mm -hmm. And again, when you work with people who've had trauma, sometimes that trauma is not, you know, first of all, if it is indirect, yes, I agree completely. That's your trauma. You don't have to Mm -hmm. move over. You don't have to stand aside. You don't, this isn't a a first world problem. You were there and you're allowed to have your emotional response to it. Yes. That is correct and right and good and, and real and never dismiss your feelings. Your feelings Mm -hmm. are always important. Mm -hmm. Um, always accept your feelings, always, always, always honor your feelings. But some people have had some really gruesome things happen, not a dog running away and coming back, you know, something or, or yes, you know, we've been at these horrible events and then we've experienced them. But what if someone's had something direct, like really Mm -hmm. direct and awful? Mm -hmm. How do how does it work then? You know, it's very similar. It's just handled with a different, um, a different candor, an element of kindness and a compassion. And I think first and foremost, that um, those clients that I work with need to know that they are held in a compassionate state and need to know that their trauma is not too much, okay. that anything can be overcome and that a new perspective can be brought in. I have seen s- some things that you would think they couldn't even make movies about it. It's okay. so tragic, right? Um, but in navigating with, a, like I say, it's an element of curiosity and compassion that you have the ability to start peeling away those outer layers. In the very beginning of navigating Boston, there is no way that I could have asked that question huh, I wonder why I needed that experience. I really needed to pull off layers first in order to be able to see things from a different perspective. I did not even realize probably for the first, I don't know, half dozen times that I went in and really started looking at that situation that I had actually created being there. And when I say created being there, I mean, I qualified for Boston in 2010. I was supposed, you get two years and that's it. Okay. 2011, we decided not to go. Uh, My daughter was too young. 2012, I broke my hip in January. Ended up catching the flight because of course I had purchased, you know, everything to get there. I'm on the plane. We land in Boston. And as we land, the runners are all having conversations because they've decided if you pick up your packet but you do not start the race. You can come back next year. We will grandfather you in. This is unprecedented. It is the only time that they have done that. That's what took me to be there in 2013. But I had to peel away layers first because there's so much emotion. There's so much, um, there's so much layered in that we have to get beyond the anger. We have to get beyond the shame for even having had the experience, right? It's an element of really feeling like, really feeling the frailty of humanity, really feeling like security and stability have been ripped out from underneath. And that's for those who are directly impacted, but also for those who are on the ripple. Yeah. That, so when you say, this is just so beautiful, by the way, and I, and I, you know, I, I'm currently thinking back to my dog because I saw this, you know, mouth on her belly and yes. it was like, oh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, right? pull it off. I spent three days in a chair crying. And those people who know, you know, big chair, I just was like, yes. 
<laughs> canceled all my appointments for three days. Like, you don't want me to be your business coach right now. I am not available. Um, and those were, those were my, those were my layers. And because I work, you know, because I work helping people overcome and, you know, um, recode their subconscious mm-hmm. blocks, I, I sort of know the process, but for those of our listeners who don't know the process, or I'm sure you might have a different process than mine, what, what would you say those layers are? Like what, how would you suggest approaching a recent trauma? Well, I think any situation that you come into, you have to come in with a level of curiosity and release any form of judgment. And those are two of the hardest things because the judgment is what is going to create shame, which is going to keep you from even being able to see or dive back into that experience. The other thing that holds people back, quite honestly, especially when they've had some form of really I mean, quite honestly, all trauma is deep trauma. It just hits on different levels, okay? So anybody who's had any kind of um, trauma uh, or even deep trauma, the fear of stepping back into it is that the stepping back into it is the thing that's going to take you out. That the pain is too overwhelming. Therefore, they hide it because it's difficult to see, right? And to them, I, I say but you made it. You've already navigated through it. It didn't take you out. And diving in and being able to allow those emotions to process through, to really kind of get curious about that experience is going to give you an ability to be able to release its power over you. I know women recently that I've come into contact with who are also at the finish line of Boston, and they are still navigating through the torment and torture of the experience because they're allowing it to have power over them. Okay. So the first element is just acknowledging that you had an experience and acknowledging that it's okay to have that experience. And no matter what you're feeling, it's valid. It is valid. And then to get really present, allow yourself to sit in it. And if done correctly, you don't have to sit in it for years. We can sit in it for 10, 15 seconds if we have to, 10 minutes. And in doing that, we can shift the emotional charge of it to release the sting, to bring it into something that's more bearable so that you have the ability to see. And then you have to want something on the back end more than you want to stay where you're at. You just do. Oh, Carrie, this is, I I like, before we continue, I think you touched upon something that really brings me like just to explicitly bring in this self-sabotage piece, because I think we started talking about it and I want to name it because I believe we have, um, we've started talking about it. I want listeners to know, like we have, she was talking because the self-sabotage and please do correct me if I don't say this the right way, this is, you know, but the fear of stepping back in is keeping us in. It does keep you in. (laughs) It It does. And I, I'm literally thinking of someone who I know, you know, not close, but someone whose Mm -hmm. life is getting harder and harder and harder. And I know she had a very difficult upbringing. I know she did, but she's so afraid of looking at it that her Mm -hmm. life is falling apart. Her relationship with her son is completely fractured. She's disconnected. She's ended up in, you know, a divorce situation. And I know she's a beautiful soul and I know she's had this painful background, but she can't seem to look. And is that, am I correct? That's, we are talking about the self-sabotage piece here. It is, it is definitely an element of self-sabotage because as you talk about her, what I see is it's almost like, um, so that energy, when it's not expressed, when it's not exposed and when it's not tapped back into, it becomes like a caged animal. And what does a caged (gasps) animal do, right? It's either going to fight and do this, right? It's going to try to shake and rattle itself out of the cage, or it is going to pull itself back and cower in a corner. And you're going to get one of two responses. That is self-sabotage, right? No matter how much you want to get to the other side, you want to, um, you know, have beautiful relationships. You want to have the career. You want to just be happy and at peace. I mean, seriously, at the end of the day, we just want to have the voices in our head stop. Right. I don't want to sit in this element all the time of the negative talk, the mind chatter. All that mind chatter is, is trying to reveal to you what needs to be healed. 
That is all it is. And so if you take the moment to acknowledge it, then we no longer need to sabotage ourselves into a corner out of protection, right? Pulling, like we will self-destruct in all different directions. And the mind, the subconscious thinks it's doing it to protect because people outside can't be trusted. And all of this will come from, you know, not looking. And so that's that fear of stepping back in. Another thing that Carrie said that I want to highlight, okay, because I have done so much of this work that myself, you know, thinking vitamins, this podcast is actually named after a process that's in my book. I think it's in chapter 10. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I should know that. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of chapters and 10 is a good one. So if it's 11, ah. um, but thinking vitamins is actually my pro, you know, it comes from my background of behavioral science, where I train your brain through many different, uh, I help you learn how to train your own brain by using many different inputs, not just one or the other, but a whole bunch. And that speeds it up. Um, my self chatter is actually positive. So you can actually train your brain to have a different self chatter. So I just wanted, I wanted to say that when you do this long enough, but what I wanted to say that Carrie brought up, which I think needs to be underlined, bolded, uh, yes, graphic designers are freaking out, centered, um, really, really pointed out here that she said, if done correctly, it doesn't need to take weeks, months, you know, and this is something where we are in a do-it-yourself culture. We all want to figure things out. We all want to read books. We all want to listen to podcasts. We all want to read a blog. But the truth is, the reason I have healed so much about my life is because I'm, when I find these things, when something like that happens, the very first thing on my mind is I have to have a session with someone who can help me unpack it and get rid of it. So I really do want to highlight listeners that not everything is do it yourself. And I, I, even though I do this for others and I help others, I don't help them with the psychology piece. I do have processes, but sometimes when something cuts deep, do it with someone who can help this go away in 15 minutes, an hour, a day versus like an unguided professional experience. And there's times where we should just hire someone, save up if you need to, you know? Yes, a thousand percent. You know, there's two things that come to mind when you talk through that. One is that the most heartbreaking thing for me is to run into somebody who says, I've been in therapy for eight years. I'm navigating this and I've been in therapy for 14 years. And I think, when is it ever going to be enough? And my whole issue with talk therapy is that that's what it is. It's talk therapy. And so all I'm doing by consciously having this conversation with you and talking about it over and over again is I'm reinventing it and regraining it into my own mind, right? So I'm just setting it in deeper. And while you might be able to shift something for me, so Jill, you might be able to say, oh, but I, this is what I think happened, or this person is narcissistic or whatever. We're going to prescribe things outside of self, right? It gives you the ability to do that. But unless I can see it for myself, it doesn't connect, right? I can say, oh, my therapist said this, but it doesn't necessarily connect in and really integrate the shift for myself. When we talk about shifting it quickly, I'll give you this very... Before we do that, yeah, I actually want to punctuate something that you've said because yeah. it's really important. I have never done any of this with a talk therapist. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually do want to highlight that. Um, if when I'm working with someone, we can't shift it in one session, I'm not mm -hmm. working with the right person. Yes. So within my community, so I, my, my, my company, we help light workers you know, do-gooders, woo-woo entrepreneurs. So I'm surrounded by a lot of people with exceptional abilities like Carrie. Um, so like right now, my coach is a horse. <laughs> you know, I'm working with equine facilitated uh, coaching. I've worked with people who do quantum repatterning. I've worked with neuro. If you like more scientific stuff, all good. I've worked with neuro-emotional technique that can help you dial right back in to the source event. Um, there are so many of these modalities, but I, I will say in my opinion, uh, 
emotional freedom technique I know is a really good one. There's rapid eye movement one Mm -hmm. for trauma. So listen, listeners, I have never done this with talk therapy. I have only ever, and if if it wasn't sort of achieved in a single session, then that wasn't the modality because all of these things happen for me within minutes, definitely within an hour. Right. And so that, and it doesn't mean that I don't unravel a little bit after that session. It means that session was the pivot point and now I'm pointed in a new direction and then, and then my own kind of techniques can take me the distance. Sorry. I just, I really did want to point that out. The kind of help. Yeah, no, I a thousand percent agree. I mean, when I was navigating on the back end of Boston, really what brought me into the work that I do is the fact that when I left Boston, I got on the plane as a participant and I got off the plane as a spectator. I shoved that story. I allowed that animal to become caged within. And what happened then became a inability to walk up a flight of stairs without being assisted. Autoimmune conditions, multiple uh, chronic Lyme disease, Hashimoto's, Epstein-Barr. I had insomnia so bad, it took five prescription medications to get me to sleep at night. I did this for three years. I went through Western medicine. I went through holistic medicines. And it wasn't until I understood that subconscious and that consciousness has the ability to be able to shift everything that's happening physically within the body, because all it is is trapped emotions and trauma that I was able to overcome everything. And that insomnia that plagued me for years that I needed all of those medications for was gone overnight. That's the power that we have when we allow ourselves the opportunity to be curious and to be able to know that we have the power to shift. So the other short story I'll tell, because once you understand you have this power, like you, you just begin to have that question all the time. So last fall, my oldest son is playing football. It's a sport, right? He's captain of the football team. Well, he takes a hit that I feel in the first quarter, and he comes off the side, and they're testing him out. Well, he ends up back up on the field. A few plays later, he comes back off. Now his helmet's off, his gloves are off, and I'm thinking, we've got a problem. So I go down to the field, trainer comes over and he goes, look, I'm the head of concussion protocol center here. And uh, he's got a concussion. Like first time he stood up, lights got really bright, sensory, felt like he was okay. Put him back out. Second time he's, you know, came out with a headache. Like, I don't even know if you want to keep him here. He's captain. He's not going anywhere. So I go back up. He calls me back down. My son does at halftime. And he's like, mom, I think I'm in my head about this. And I said, what do you, I'm sorry, what do you mean? this is his language at the time. And he goes, I think I'm in my head about this. Do your thing. I was like, okay. So I pull him into the den and I just start asking him a few questions. Now your energy communicates louder than your words. Our subconscious mind is constantly creating our reality. I have the ability to sense and know what that energy field is communicating. Right. And I can test him and I can show him how to test. And so I said two things. I resent football. It was a yes. And I'm sabotaging my football game. And he immediately looks up at me and he goes, I knew I was doing it. And I said, seriously? And he goes, yeah. So I entry into the maze, right? This is just gives me the opportunity to get curious and ask questions. So I start asking him questions. Why do you resent football? Um, Why do you think you're sabotaging it? And it leads him back, not into football, but back into childhood this element of responsibility, having to carry the burden of everything, and then just feeling too much. And it just unraveled. And we get to the end and I said, can we change it? Can we shift it, show you something different? He's like, yeah. So we reprogram that subconscious mind. And I got to tell you what, Jill, he stood up and about knocked me off my feet. His energy was palpable. And I said, dude. And he goes, I know. I feel better than I did even before the game. And I said, what are you going to do? He's like, don't worry, mom, I got this. Goes out to the field, trainer pulls him back in, checks him out, and he plays better the second half than he did the first half. Goes back in. That's the kind of power we have. If we have the opportunity to look at every situation, physical ailment, anything that we're going through and go, okay, why am I doing this? What's trapped? Why am I sabotaging this, right? He has, he's 17 years old. And he has the ability to understand that he knows that he creates. He knows that he's sabotaging. So I tell you, he checked with me every game for the rest of the season (laughs) before he went on the field to make sure he wasn't sabotaging again. 
but it's amazing the power we have and it can be done that quick. I love these questions. Listeners, why am I doing this? I wonder why I needed that experience. Why am I doing this? What's trapped? Listen, if you're in a reactive mode, you don't ask these, right? If you're in a no. reactive mode, you just give yourself so much love. You just give yourself a bit. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. You've probably heard me say it before. I cannot say it too much. You give yourself a big, good hug. If you're on YouTube, yes. then you see me self, you see me giving myself a hug because it's never bad to release your own endorphins. Okay. That's never a bad thing. You need those. So you can just give yourself a hug and say, it's okay. It's okay to feel upset. It's okay to yes. feel shame. It's okay to feel embarrassed. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. But then once you accept yourself exactly as you are, you can yes. move into this. I wonder, you know, that Carrie is inviting. I wonder why I needed that. And here's some questions that I really want to sort of, I am a lot in this world and I do love the question, what's trapped? That feels yes. super fresh to me. <laughs> I think that's really cool. And why am I sabotaging? And again, one of the things with questions like that, again, you can work with, with someone, but if you're doing mm -hmm. this on your own, if you're having fun with it, as I encourage you to do both, not one or yeah. the other, okay? Yes, <laughs> do both. yes please. Um, do both. Uh, but why am I sabotaging? Whenever you ask a question like that, let it go. Because you will get answers over the coming hours and days and even weeks. So let it go with an expectation that the answer will come to you like a song that you've been trying to remember the lyrics for, or yes. just leave it and it will return. It's when we are like, why am I sabotaging? We're sitting there with a journal and a pen. Yes. Why? <laughs> yes. Like, oh, give it some time. Yes. And <laughs> then the question. I love what you say there, because if you have an awareness everything will point you in the direction to show you everything. You could be watching a movie and there's a particular line that pops out at you in the movie. You get a song stuck in your head. Let's ask, what is the verse? And what is that verse representing to me? Right. But what allow the yourself verse or to where, when, when did I hear that song first and where yes. was I in my life? Like you never know. <laughs> you never know, but it's, it's always like... there and it will show you. Now, if we, if when you ask that question, why am I sabotaging this? And your first reaction is, well, because, and it seems like a standard answer, you know, like the, well, because I'm, I'm scared of being successful. Okay, great. What else could be true? And then let that marinate for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. What else could be true? Right? Because I think too quickly we stop at that easy answer. And I tell you what, you're not afraid of failing. You're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of succeeding. Yes. So ask yourself, what's the worst yes. thing that happens if you succeed? Right? Because that's the trajectory you want to go on. But we always go into this like, oh, I'm going to fail. I'm afraid nobody's going to like me. No. No, that's just the easy answer. What else can be true? And allow your mind to show you. Because if you allow space for it, memories are going to pop up. Thoughts are going to show up. Make notes of those over the course of, I don't know, 12, 24 hours, and then see if you can see a commonality that sits in there. Okay, this is so good because this what else could be true. The good stuff is never, um, when I first studied coaching, uh, like years and years ago, yeah. there's something that we came to know as the door handle problem. And the door handle problem is a thing that you've had this whole session. This happens to physicians as well, by the way. Um, you have this whole thing. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And just as someone's about to leave, they're like, they give you this whammo. Yes. Like, uh, I needed the whole hour for that. <laughs> Why are you bringing this up at the end? Because folks, the good stuff is hiding. Okay. It's hiding. So I just wanted to say her question, Carrie's questions, what else could it be? What else could it be? Um, this gentle inviting is something that we do in coaching, also in leadership. Um, we always try to mm -hmm. ask the same question five or six times because the good stuff hides yes. because it's afraid it will be judged or something scary. This goes back to what she said about fear of stepping in, but it also... You also brought up something else. You like you speak for like, and then you bring up so many deep concepts. But you talked about you kind of brought up the whose turn is it? Because you said you're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of 
your success, which is, of course, like listeners, you're, you know it. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to the aspect of you who knows it. Okay. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to the eternal part of you. You know that you're very powerful and that it, it, we know, we know that it's our power we're afraid of. And so one thing that Carrie brought up before we started speaking was this sort of message that we pick up. Is it your turn? Have you had enough? Have you had more than your share? Yes. And I would like, I'm going to bring, I'm going to invite that in because I felt like you were inviting that because I think that happens, right? So what are your thoughts Oh, it does. You know, it's, and that's what's fun is that we are such layered beings. We are so layered and we've picked up so much over the course of a lifetime that I actually find the subconscious mind to be fascinating I find it to be intriguing and wickedly creative, wickedly creative, right? So I had mentioned, I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts and there was this idea of what is enough, right? What is enough? And when you reach that level, what does that look like? Well, so it piqued my interest and I thought, well, that's really, that's really interesting, I'm going to dive into that a little bit further and see what that is. So what I do, because I do a lot of this work on myself, is I sit in somewhat of a meditation and I'm an active meditator. I'm not one who can sit in just complete silence because, you know, my brain. So I've learned how to use it. So I sit in an active meditation. I go, okay, so what is it about being enough? Where does that even come from? And all of a sudden I get this visual or this memory of being a child at the base of a slide and I'm getting ready to run back up, but there's a couple of individuals sitting there. And what I hear is you've already had a turn. It gives somebody else a turn, give somebody else a turn, right? You've, you've already done it. You've already had the experience. Now somebody else gets to have an opportunity. And I was like, but What? But what? Now, the crazier thing about this, to link this in, because people will reflect to you through conversation all the time, the thing that's holding you back. My daughter yesterday comes home from the skate park and she says, I go, how was it? She goes, well, it was fun, except for I wanted to go down this ramp, but all these kids kept coming in front of me. And so I was waiting to let them have a turn before I went until I finally realized I'm just going to have to go or I'm not going to get a turn. And I thought, oh my goodness, she was right there communicating to me this idea and this limitation of you already got your turn. It's somebody else's chance. Now your beliefs aren't discerning. They're not discerning. Okay. So it doesn't mean that as a kid, when I'm at the base of the slide, I got to give somebody else a turn. It means that in business, I get to be successful once. And then somebody else gets to have a turn. We don't realize the possibility and opportunity, right? So it's, yes, this whole idea of enough and how it shows up. And when you ask the question and then you allow the memory to come through. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was a game changer. I could talk to Carrie all day. First of all, if you're curious about that activity, it's in the episode with Pam prior where, um, so that would be something I highly recommend. And to your point that things start coming up everywhere. That's so true, right? You start hearing it all over the place and you just, we have to pay attention. (laughs) Your daughter, like I need it. And I love it. Like, I love how you just made that link. And I think who hasn't, I mean, I can think to, yeah, like you've had enough and get out of the way. And, you know, part of when we build businesses, we look at people's Um, Like we have a process that takes people through finding some of these limiting stories that affect business in particular. And although, of course, we just talked about the fact that just, by the way, things don't just ever get better in one part of your life. That's, that's a lie, folks. We were lied to. It's not true that we have to work on our health and then our relationships and then our business. It's nonsense because when we get to the core of healing these things that innocently found their way, right? Innocently. A parent who says, let someone else have a turn, that's innocent, okay? That that parent is innocent of saying it. It's an innocent thing. But as a child who really wants to get on the slide, a subconscious reaction, like, 
I had someone who kept losing their businesses. Like they came to me to build a business. Okay. And she kept losing her business. Like, I want you to see how this transpires. She kept losing her businesses and she literally created some businesses you have heard of. She started movements across North America, but then like a partner would take it or something would happen or bad blood. And then she'd have to start over. Well, guess what? When she was in grade three, someone kept stealing her bubblegum call mats. And she was like, everyone takes what I love. It's innocent, okay? This 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 terrible three-year-old who stole her comic, or eight-year-old, I don't know how old, you know, stole the comics. That's, we cannot get through childhood without being asked to give someone a turn on the slide. We cannot get through childhood without losing the occasional bubblegum. But what we need to do in adulthood is let these things go because then, then it's like your turn everywhere. It's not just not your turn in business, right? It's not your turn in a relationship to speak up and ask for your needs. It's not your turn with your kids or your friends or your spouses to decide where you go to. It's everywhere. And when you start looking at life this way, everything, it's not your turn. This is how the subconscious works. It doesn't pick and choose. It'll apply it everywhere protective mechanism. All it was in childhood was a misinterpretation of an experience that you had based on the limited capacity that you had as a child to be able to perceive and comprehend and problem solve a situation. And so of course, as a little girl who's, they take everything she loves, why would she ever hold on to anything she loved out of fear of somebody taking it? Yeah. Yeah. Self-sabotage. So we look at those patterns, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to help you build another business you're going to lose. First of all, we got to do the bubblegum thing. (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, I'm not worried. You'll build a great business. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, oh, Carrie, this is so fun. Okay. So I want to make sure as we wrap up, before we wrap, okay, we've got one more thing to do here. I just want to, we're here talking about saying goodbye to self-sabotage. And of course, you and I went off on a couple of side tangents, but let's bring it back for the <laughs> Yes. Well, I think all of this is, you know, understanding it, but if we yeah. can just bring it back to, what do you really want to make sure listeners do at this point? If they're like, if they, if they know in their hearts, they're self-sabotaging, if they, there might be a trauma that they're aware of or not, but if they know they're self-sabotaging, you know, just from beginning to end, what are the highlights? Like, what are the things you really want them to know? Oh my gosh. You know, if there was, if I had a magic wand and I could bring everybody right into the knowing of a few things, one would be just to be present with the situation. Stop trying to escape, stop trying to run away or chase anything else in order to navigate beyond the current position that you're in. Allow yourself to be present for a moment. Take a few deep breaths sit with it. Like you said, have compassion and love for yourself and know that it's completely okay. Then allow space for curiosity and begin to ask questions and trust yourself enough to know that the responses that are coming up within you are leading you somewhere, right? The first thing that we do when something comes to mind that we don't like is we shove it off to the side. That's ridiculous. There's no way that could be true. Every single time you do that, you are eroding your ability to trust yourself. So acknowledge it and allow it to come forward and then just get curious about it again. Follow it. See where it takes you. Those are the key elements. If you begin to do that, if you get present, if you ask the questions, if you trust yourself, your intuition is going to show up and you will automatically have more compassion for those around you. You will no longer sit in a position of powerlessness, in a position of being the victim, of having to question outside circumstances in order to understand or come into alignment with you. You actually have the ability to create all of that and know that the power you have to bring forward in order to heal, in order to navigate beyond the current situation that you're in and to know that you're worthy of it. You get to do it and you get to get to the other side of it because there is something magical and beautiful there. When my son came off the sideline halftime. The first thing he said is, mom, if we're down in the fourth quarter, I'm going to play. What's your fourth quarter? Beautiful. Oh my goodness. This has just been, this has just been a fun conversation. Honestly, I could talk, this is the kind of talk I could do all day. And listeners, I 
I love something Carrie just said. I know you're going to come through this because you're listening to this podcast. And so that's sort of something that I've heard people say to me, well, you're going to be fine because you're reading this book or you're going to be fine because you're listening to this podcast. But I think I finally understand the truth of that. The truth of that is, you know, you got here not because of your conscious mind, because of your subconscious mind. So the fact that your subconscious mind is already moving you towards conversations labeled say goodbye to (laughs) self-sabotage on a Thinking Vitamins podcast, which is about boosting your abundance, the fact that you're already moving and you get more of everything you have, that's neuroscience. Hebb's Law, which is fire together, wire together. So just so you know, you're going to get more and more and more. And even if you don't have all you want right now, that's okay. It's on its way. I know it. So Carrie, I know some listeners are going to want to just be in your world. Now we're going to put any links that you mentioned below. So you don't have to spell them out. We'll get them below, but please tell them how can they keep learning from you? Where do they, if they want to work with you, how do they do that? Where, where can we send our listeners to learn more about you? Well, it's super easy. I'm at Carrie Rosno everywhere. My website is Carrie Rosno, the handles on social media. So I'm very easy to find. Okay. So find her. We'll get, and what's your, what's your favorite social media? Uh, You know, Instagram, probably Instagram. Yeah, now we know her favorite. So you can find her at our website. Go find her on Instagram because that's her favorite place to be. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your story, your beautiful and deep story with us today, Carrie. It's been such an honor having you on the show. Oh, such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you. And I you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, follow, and come to thinkingvitamins.com where you can sign up to get our newsletter and additional free training. Thinking Vitamins with Jill McKay.